Amen. Well, we have officially entered a brand new year, and with a new year brings many fresh new opportunities our way. In the Enneagram personality test, a personality test that's gained a lot of steam in the last five years, uh, there's like nine different options of what you can test out to be. And I test out as a three. A three is an achiever. If you've never taken the Enneagram test before, I would encourage you to do so. There's a lot of value in becoming more aware of who you are and what drives you. A three, an achiever, they are driven by the need to achieve and experience, experience success in whatever they are doing. And so it's an exciting time of year for an achiever as we can dream about all the different things that we can get better at and that we can accomplish this year. And I'm sure a number of you guys can relate with me in the excitement that a new year brings and the plans that you can make, the goals that you can set of the ways that you're going to get better and all these things that you're going to accomplish this year. It's that time of year that people make their New Year's resolutions. Does anybody make any New Year's resolutions this year? Wow, we are not a very ambitious uh, group this morning. Uh, it sounds like people outside of these four walls here, they, they will make their New Year's resolutions anywhere from along the lines of, I'm going to read through the Bible in a year. I'm going to read X amount of books. I'm going to work out every week. I'm going to learn a new hobby. I'm going to learn to be more grateful this year. And the list goes on and on and on of, of the different New Year's resolutions that people make as they seek to grow as a person and, and accomplish more in the coming year. It's that same sort of mentality that helped inspire this new series that we are starting today. Our new series that we're starting today is entitled Five Down, Five to Go. Now, what am I talking about when I say five down, five to go? Well, at the start of this new year, uh, I've officially been here for five full years serving in ministry with you all. And now we can say that we've been serving together for more than five years. We are in the midst of our sixth year serving our Heavenly Father together as partners. So we are partners in this ministry. Can you believe that? In one sense, it feels like I've been here for a lot longer than five years. In another sense, it feels like that we are just barely getting started here at North Hills. So I want to spend the next few weeks accomplishing two things. We're going to do two things in these next few weeks as we go throughout this series. The first thing that we're going to do throughout this series is that we are going to review these past five years that we have spent together. We are going to take a look at the messages that have been shared. We're going to take a look at uh, the many different things that we have accomplished together as a body of believers. So that's the first thing we're going to do in this series is re review these past five years together. The second thing that we're going to do is that we are going to look ahead to what the next five years may bring us as as a church, as a body of believers. And so we are going to dream a bit, and we're going to set some goals as a church uh, as far as what these next five years may look like. And to help us do that throughout this series, we're going to review what's been shared past five years during our messages, look what we've accomplished as a church, set some goals, and take a look at how you can help these next five years be the best five years yet. 
And so today and next week are going to be a little unorthodox. Uh, how many of you guys like a little unorthodox? Do you like uh, straying from the norm uh, from time to time? Well, good news that for today and next week, uh, we are going to be doing that. We're going to be spending about 25 minutes each day recapping what has been preached for the past five years. Now, if you do the math, that's about 260 messages in 50 minutes. And so that's less than 12 seconds seconds on average for each message. And so I'm going to have to talk really fast. So I hope you guys can understand me as I talk really fast throughout this uh, series. Okay, maybe not. Uh, I, was, I was originally planning on doing this all today, reviewing the past five years, these messages. But as I was going through it, it was just way too much uh, information to try and cram into one week. And so we're going to split it up into two weeks. So we've never really done this. But I think there's value in reviewing what has been talked about. I think about in my 15 or so years in school, teachers would often review the material that was shared before a big test or a big exam, and they'd spend a day or a week reviewing the material that has been shared. And we're going to do the same as well today and next week. And a bit of the unorthodox process of this is at the end of each message today and next week, we are going to play a game of trivia based off of the previous 260 messages that have been preached to you all. And so you better listen up so you can ace the trivia at the end. And so at the end, we're, we're gonna, uh, the trivia will be up on the screen and you're, you will actually be able to play along on your phones. And so today, we are going to review seven sermon series from our first three years together as a church. So in 2019, our first year together uh, serving uh, collectively as a partner at North Hills, we went through this series entitled All About God. Now, who is God? Well, we all had to understand that God is just a title. God's personal name, just like my personal name is Kyle, God's personal name is, uh, many people pronounce it Yahweh, Y-H-W-H. That, that is his personal name. And anytime that we uh, use the title God, we, we recognize that this is a title that can be given to a, a number of different people as well. It's, it's a title uh, signifying power and authority. And God, he is one. Yahweh, he is one. Yahweh, God, he has no equals with him. As Jesus is praying to the Father in John 17, Jesus addresses uh, Yahweh, the Father, as the only true God. This is one of the main features that separated the Jews and the Christians from the other religions that they encountered. As far as I'm aware, every other nation that uh, the Israelites and the early Christians encountered, uh, recorded in the scriptures, they all worship many gods. And so the ancient nations, they were smart enough to recognize that there must have been some sort of intelligent design behind the creation. Uh, in some way, they're, they're smarter than many people today, not recognizing that there must be an intelligent designer behind the creation. But the issue is they, they didn't worship the one true God as Jesus recognized and he's praying to the Father in John 17, this eternal life, that they know you, the only true God. And so God, who is God? What, what are his qualities? What are his characteristics? God describes himself uh, to Moses, actually, in Exodus 34, 6 and 7. This is recorded. Uh, God states, quote, The Lord, the Lord, a God, or Yahweh, Yahweh, a, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, but who will by no means clear the guilty. 
And so you want to know uh, what, what sort of qualities, what sort of characteristics uh, God has, what he is like? Well, God describes himself for us there in Exodus 34, 6, and 7. And so he is a loving God. He is a merciful God, a gracious God, abounding in faithfulness. And yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. And so Yahweh, he's the only God. He is a great and powerful God who created the heavens and the earth. Uh, he's merciful, gracious, and loving as well. And this almighty creator offers grace, mercy, and love to you. In the midst of all of his power and authority, he desires a personal relationship with you. I mean, th th this truth should never get boring to us. The fact, it should never get a, a bland to us. The fact that the, the creator of the heavens and the earth, of everything that is in it, and all of his power, you cannot measure his power, you cannot measure his knowledge, and all this responsibility that he has, he still desires a personal relationship with you. That is a truth that, that can never grow old. And so that's who God is. That, that is all about God. Later in the year of 2019, we also talked about, uh, we, we went through the series all about Jesus. And I won't say much about this as it was similar to the series that we just got done with over this Christmas season. But, but Jesus, we have to recognize, he is the Christ. He is the chosen one of God, the anointed one. And God chose Jesus to be his son. Uh, he chose him to be his king and he chose him to be the savior of the world. So those were uh, two big series that we did in the year of 2019, our first year uh, together. In 2020, a uh, crazy year, we met online for 11 weeks due to the coronavirus. Anybody remember that? Uh, the joy of meeting online. That online is a great resource to have, uh, but what, at least what I learned, is that meeting with each other online over a computer screen, it is no replacement for face-to-face uh, -face communication. And so the last four weeks before we met online for 11 weeks, we talked about uh, giving God your best. We've got to give God our best efforts in all that we do. Paul tells us in Colossians 3.23 that whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. In all that you do, not some things, not most things, but in all that you do, work at it with all of your heart as working for the Lord. So the cool thing about the effort that you and I give is that we have 100% control of the effort that we give. Nobody or no thing can restrict you from giving 100% effort. Now, some people, as they go through their day-to-day -day lives, they have all sorts of different activities. And some people, they pour out their lives into these other areas of their life, whether it be their family, their work, their sports, their hobbies, recreation, you name it. And after all of that, all of the, after all of this effort and energy that they poured out in all of these different areas of their life, they don't have any energy or effort left to give God. Or if they do, they just got, give God the scraps of their energy and effort. But we've got to give God all of our effort. As, uh, with everything that we are doing, we are working for the Lord. Not only do we got to give God our, our best effort as well, but we've got to give God, as we talked about uh, in 2020, we've got to give God our best time and money as well. Time is our most valuable resources that we have as human beings. Uh, and money isn't too far behind either. Many resort to giving God the scraps of their time or money. 
If someone were to take a look at your weekly schedule, what would they deduct about the time that you give God? Would they look at your schedule in your work week or your uh, home life, whatever it may look like? And after looking at your schedule, would they deduct that, hey, you are giving, the God, you are giving God the best of your time? Or would they come away with a slightly uh, different uh, conclusion by looking at your schedule? And what about your budget as well? If someone were to look at your budget, would they be able to deduct that you are giving God the best of the money that he has blessed you with, uh, the money that he has entrusted you with? And on top of these, also, we also got to give God our best review as well. We have got to be talking to our friends and family about God. When you are really passionate about something, uh, like say, for example, I love Michigan State football and basketball, and I love talking about Michigan State football and basketball to all of you guys. I know there's some big Buckeye fans here who love talking about your Buckeyes to the people around you. When you're really passionate and you love something, you can't help but talk about the, this person or this thing or entity with others around you. And so if you're really passionate about who God is and who you are because of God, then you've got to share this information with those around you as well, your family and your friends, and you've got to give God your best review as possible. So that's giving God your best. The, the last series that, that we went through before we took an 11-week uh, online uh, break as we met online during the coronavirus or the initial outbreak of the coronavirus. Shortly after we met back in person in 2020, as part of this series uh, was done outside, actually, as we met in, in the front yard there. Uh, I would not enjoy a meeting in the front yard uh, this morning, uh, but uh, the latter half of summer, the middle of summer, uh, we went through the, fir- the fruits of the Spirit. When we look at a fruit of a tree, a good tree bears good fruit, and a bad tree bears bad fruit. And so it's evident whether someone lives by God's spirit of whether or not they have God's spirit living within them, depending on if they have the fruit of the spirit present in their lives. Now, what is the fruit of the spirit? The fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. If you are filled with God's spirit, if God's spirit is living within you, then you are naturally going to display these nine fruits, really one fruit that that entails all nine of these different characteristics. And so if you are a child of God, if you are a Christ follower, you will naturally grow in love. You'll become more and more of a loving person and you will naturally grow in your joy and peace and patience and so forth. And so exhibiting this fruit, this love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, and goodness, and, and so forth, that is not what saves us. We cannot attain uh, eternal salvation by our love that we give, by our joy or peace that we exhibit. Instead, exhibiting this fruit is proof that we have God's life-giving spirit within us. It's proof that we have a living faith in God. And so when you see someone and you see the love in their life, and you see the joy and the peace and the patience and the kindness, you see that they have God's spirit living within them. And God is active in their lives and they have a living faith in God, a saving faith in God. So that's the the fruit of the spirit, naturally growing in these fruit as children of God, as people who are filled with God's spirit. 
And then as we turn to the new year in 2021, many, many scarred from the pandemic, we talked about the power of habits. And much of this information throughout this series was based off of James Clear's uh, book, Atomic Habits. And so our focus was to try and equip and encourage everyone to build good habits and to break down bad habits. As you and I, we are 100% creatures of habits. Much of what we do and much of what we are is simply because of the habits that, that we have engaged in our lives. And so throughout this series, we encourage habits like reading your Bible daily and praying to God daily. Instead of just telling you all that, hey, you need to read your Bible every day and you need to pray to God every day, we went through practical steps to try and help you accomplish this. Because one hour Sunday morning is not sufficient for your week-to-week life. You need to be digging into God's word more than just Sunday mornings. You need to be seeking a connection with God more than just Sunday mornings. And so you've got to develop habits of praying to God, of reading his word, and so many more beneficial habits as well. And so we went through practical steps of how to build these good habits. We also went through practical steps of how to break down our bad habits, like being lazy, uh, watching pornography, eating too much junk food, uh, you name it. The list goes on and on uh, of some of the habits that some of us may need to break in our lives. So there's four steps of building a good habit. It's the cue, the craving, the response, and the reward. The cue is what triggers a thought. The craving is what makes you desire that, that response or action. The response is actually doing it. And the reward is uh, what comes after the action. And so if you're trying to build a good habit, you want the cue to be obvious. You want the craving to be attractive. You want the response to be easy. And you want the reward to be satisfying. If you're trying to break down a bad habit in your life, you need the cue to be invisible, the craving unattractive, response difficult, and reward unsatisfying. And that, that is the power of a habit. Small changes make a huge difference in our life. That small habit of starting to read your Bible every day for five minutes, that will have an exponential effect in your life. And so we need to be masters of our habits, creating good habits in our life and breaking down the bad habits as well. And then later in that year, we talked about, uh, we went through the series, being a member of God's church. As we turn the page to the New Testament, the church is God's instrument that he uses to accomplish his will on earth. And that has remained the case for the past 2,000 years. The church is a body of believers, and there are certain expectations that come along with being a member of God's church. These expectations include constant prayer, reading your Bible, faithful attendance, regular giving, following the leadership of the church, discovering your spiritual gifts and using them, living a godly life, and witnessing to others. These are expectations that, that you and I have to abide by in being a part of God's universal church's instrument that God and Christ have selected to accomplish their will here on earth. And then finally, uh, the last series that we're going to talk about uh, this morning, we took a look at some things that can detract us from God in our series, Combating Our Idols. An idol is anything or anyone that we put above 
God. And an idol can take any shape or size. In the setting of the Old and New Testament, many different people groups would, would establish physical idols. They, they would establish a physical image of a God, and they would worship this object uh, as a God that, that could bless them in many different ways. And so we don't see that too much present in Western civilization in the 21st century. We don't see people erecting uh, physical images uh, of idols that they worship. So although we don't have these physical uh, metal or stone or wooden uh, idols, idols are still 100% present in our society. As again, an idol is anything or anyone that we put above God. So when I think about our society that we live in, some of the biggest idols that, that we have to fight with and deal with are relationships, money, success, and power. When we talk about relationships, when I think of relationships in Western civilization, people often place their spouse, their children, or their friends above God. In my eyes, this idol of relationships, of friends, of family, is the single biggest idol in Christian circles in America. We highly prioritize family. And let me tell you, for a very, very good reason. Family is such a huge blessing from God. We have to recognize it as a blessing from God. And so our family, we, we cannot prioritize our family above God himself, above the giver of good gifts in our lives. And let me tell you, that is so hard to practically accomplish. To not put your spouse, to not put your children or your friends above God himself. That is such a huge temptation in Christian circles in America. And so we, when we struggle with, with this temptation, oftentimes the solution isn't loving our family less, but the solution is loving God more. We've got to love God more if we have made an idol out of our spouses, our children, our families, or our friends. Right behind uh, this, this idol of relationships, an idol that, that many struggle with in Western civilization is this idol of money. When, when people think of an idol today in, in our society, many people go to uh, this idea of money or the objects that we can buy with our money. And for good reason, because it's an idol that snags a lot of people. Jesus and the parable of the sower, the seed that was sown in the thorns, the, this, uh, and the seed, again, the, the word of God, the word of the kingdom being spread to people. Some people accept this readily, but then the cares of the world, the riches of this world choke that message out. And so people struggle with this idol of money and it chokes their passion for God, the passion for a church, the passion for Christ Jesus. And so we have to be aware of the idol of money and also being aware that many are driven by success or power as well. And these can serve as stumbling blocks in our relationship with God. And so we are in a spiritual warfare. We are combating our idols on a daily basis. We have got to put God above any and every other thing and person that we come into contact with. And so that is a very small overview of what we have talked about our first three years together. There's a lot that we have covered, and there's still so much more found in the scriptures that we have barely touched. As the word of God is living and active, 
It is alive today. And there is so much information that we can draw out of the scriptures for our benefit, for the benefit of the church, for the benefit of God and Christ Jesus themselves as well. So who's ready for some trivia? We're going to play some trivia now. I hope you were uh, listening, ready to ace uh, this uh, quiz, this trivia here. So Ben, if you have the... uh, the Kahoot there. Um, ben here, you can pull out your phones. Uh, if you don't have smartphone with you, uh, I'll be reading off all the questions as well, and you can participate in that. But uh, I would encourage you, if you have your phones, to participate with us. You can go to Kahoot, K-A-H-O-O-T dot I-T. That will take you to the website where you need to log in, or yeah, if you're fancy, uh, you can uh, scan that QR code up there. But once you go to Kahoot, K-A-H-O-O-T dot I-T, it will bring you to a page where you type in a game pen. The game pen is at the top there, 6716055. And again, that pen is 6716055. And so we'll go through, we, we have 10 different questions for today, and uh, we'll be doing this again next week as we uh, review uh, the latter material that we've covered throughout our messages. It'll give you a bit of time to answer. It'll give you different amounts of points based off of if you get the question right. And if you get the question right, you'll get more points based on how quick you answer that question. Now, we couldn't make the font any bigger on the quiz, and so I'll be reading off the, uh, the question and the answers as quick as I can so that you guys can answer it as speedily as possible. We'll give you guys just one more minute if anyone else is looking to join. Has anybody done Kahoot before? Yeah. What was that? Tech support. Tech support over there if you need tech support. Mark, I see you struggling over there. (laughs) Mark's playing, uh, everybody. (laughs) All righty. We can go ahead and is there anybody else still trying to log in that hasn't already logged in? Mark, 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 go. All righty. You can go ahead and start it, Ben. Five down, five to go. All right, question number one is, what is not a part of the fruit of the Spirit? And your options in order are mercy, peace, gentleness, and self-control. What is not a part of the fruit of the Spirit? Mercy, peace, gentleness, or self-control?
There we go. Mercy is not one of the fruits of the Spirit. So you can hit the, the next button uh, one more time, Ben. Hey, Mark is in first, second, and third. Well done, Mark. <laughs> All right, next question. According to Atomic Habits, in order, what are the four steps of a habit? Option one is craving, response, cue, reward. Reward, response, cue, craving. Cue, craving, response, reward. Or craving, cue, reward, response. So there's the four steps of building a habit in order, which is correct. Hey, well done. Yeah, the correct order is cue. That's what triggers the thought. And then the craving, what makes us attract that uh, desired habit. And then the response, actually doing it. And then the reward of whether or not that action was satisfying to you. Well done. Question three. In what chapter of John does Jesus pray to God and recognize him as, quote, the only true God? Chapter 17, 1, 21 or 10? Chapters are 17, 1, 21 or 10. Hey, well done. Yes, chapter 17, the high priestly prayer. Jesus in verse 3 says, this is eternal life as he's praying to the Father, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. So Jesus recognized the God as the only true God. Awesome. Question number four. God describes himself as merciful, gracious, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, and etc. To whom? To who did God say this? To David, Jesus, Abraham, or Moses? To whom did, did God describe himself? To David, Jesus, Abraham, or Moses? To Moses, yes, in Exodus 34, 6 and 7, this is Moses having an intimate moment with God, and God reveals himself to Moses, and God tells him that, yeah, I am merciful, gracious, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love, and faithfulness. That guy, Jonah too, better watch out for that guy. He's coming after him. <laughs> Question number five, what does Christ mean? Is it Jesus' last name, anointed one, son of, or king? What does Christ mean? Jesus' last name, anointed one, son of, or king? Yay, well done. Anointed one. When we call Jesus the Christ, we are recognizing that Jesus is the chosen one of God. He is the anointed one. It chose, I say chosen, chosen uh, more simplified version of anointed. God anointed Jesus to be the king, the savior, his son, and so forth. Well done. Question number six. If you are trying to build a good habit, you want the cue to be... Invisible, satisfying, 
obvious or attractive. If you're trying to build a good habit, you want the cue to be invisible, satisfying, obvious, or attractive. Oh, that was a close one. Obvious. We want the cue to be obvious. If you are trying to build a good habit of reading your Bible on a daily basis, what you can do is you can set your Bible on your nightstand so that when you go to bed or when you wake up, you see it there. And that makes the cue. It's obvious. It triggers your thought that, hey, I need to read my Bible. So yeah, building a good habit, make the cue as obvious as possible. Joda too. That, that guy is still coming after you. Uh, <laughs> question number seven. What is not an expectation of being a member of God's church? Constant prayer, regular giving, being a teacher, or following the leadership of the church. What is not an expectation of being a member of God's church? Constant prayer, regular giving, being a teacher, or following the leadership of the church. Hey, well done. Being a teacher is not an expectation of being a member of God's church. Paul talks about the, the body uh, of the church, the body of Christ, and there's many different members. There's many different roles that people fulfill, and not everyone is called to be a teacher. Yoda, still, still holding on to that lead. Anybody care to uh, admit that they are Joda or Yoda too? Let's see. Uh, Hota! I was saying it wrong. Hota! Well done, Hota too. All right, we got three more questions to, to catch uh, up with Hota too. Question number eight. What proves that we have God's spirit living within us? A baptism certificate, the fruit of the spirit, church membership, or praying to God? What proves that we have God's spirit living within us? Baptism certificate, fruit of the spirit, church membership, or praying to God? And the answer is the fruit of the spirit. The fruit of the spirit, it does, it does not save us. That love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. But it's what proves that we have God's life-giving spirit living within us. All right. Question number nine. According to Pastor Kyle, what is the single biggest idol in Christian circles in America? Relationships or families, money, success, or power? According to Pastor Kyle, what is the biggest single idol in Christian circles in America? Relationships, money, success, or power? Hey, there we go. You guys were listening to me after all. Uh, well done. All right, last question. Question number 10. What was the last sermon series we did before we met online due to COVID? All about Jesus, combating our idols, the power of habits, or giving God your best. What was the last sermon series we did before we met online due to COVID? All about Jesus, combating our idols, the power of habits, or giving God your best. Phone a friend. <laughs> well done. Yes, giving God your best. How do we do? 
Five down, five to go, podium. Number three, Mark. Well, they're, they're celebrating for you, Mark. Number two, that guy. And number one, Hoda too. Well done, well done. Well, I encourage you guys to come back with us next week on our friendly game show of uh, five down, five to go. <laughs> Let's close in prayer. <laughs> Father God, we love you. Father, uh, I just thank you for uh, this opportunity that we've had to serve you together uh, in this ministry, this partnership that we've established the past five years. Father, I thank you for your word that is alive and well, that is sharper than a double-edged sword. And God, I just pray that you continue to fill us with your words. I pray that you continue to inspire me uh, with, with your words, with your message. And I pray that you continue to open the mind, the hearts, the eyes, and the ears of your children in this room, Father. So God, we love you. We are here to serve and to worship you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.